Hello, baddies and laddies, and welcome back to the Princess Pear Podcast. I am, of course, your lovely host, Miss Princess Pear, and today I have a very special treat for you as we have another guest this week. Hello, I would like to be known as um, Princess Pear's jester, um, as in I like to do fun dances and try to make her laugh, so mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's kind of my shtick, if you will. so we are besties and we're gonna be you know answering a few questions as you guys may know from the title of this episode it's confessions of a psych student as we are both currently psych majors in our first year of college how would you say it's going so far um i think it's pretty good um i think i think i got lucky last semester and i had some pretty good classes this semester, I think the luck has run out. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying my hardest. That's all you can do. Yeah. I mean, I would say I like my class. I liked my classes last semester. Mm-hmm. But I like them this semester, too. I just feel like I was stuck in a lot of classes. Like, I just need to get out of the way mm-hmm. last semester. Yeah. I think that's the hard part of being, like, since we're starting college, like, a lot of it is like getting requirements out of the way so we're not really doing like you know like we're not doing the things that we're majoring in and passionate like we have to like take a stupid math class because it's a requirement yeah well i'm i mean looking back like all the classes i was in like had like a random senior in them Mm. they were just doing them for fun there was someone in my beginning spanish class was just there for fun and i was like a little bit confused about that because like I don't know, you're like it would make sense if you had done like two years or two semesters, mm-hmm. something like that. But it was like very, very beginning. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have to take it because they already knew another language. Anyways, not a big deal. So our first question Our first question is how did we meet? So I could take I can do this first. We met on this little app called Zemi, mm-hmm. which I recommend to all like upcoming college freshmen in like going into college. I don't know if all colleges do this, but I think all mine did. So it's called Zemi. And there's like these different chats where like, you know, you can talk to people who also applied, like make friends there. And then once you get in, somehow they alert Zemi. And Zemi then like, you can do different chats of like, you know, making friends. Like I, th- I want to say you can even do like, like little like group chats like who's in who's going to be in your building but then the big thing is you can find roommates on there so it's kind of like instagram where you can like see people's profiles and like they put their picture and like what college they're going to like major things like that and i saw this little lady and i said number one fun fact we have the same name mm-hmm. and so we were like okay that's weird we have to be besties obviously and so then we, you know, built that friendship, mm-hmm. decided to be roommates, and you know, the rest is <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> um, I will. I do recall that our bonding point was that we both like lavender iced coffee, mm-hmm. um, and I'll never forget that. That <laughs> if it weren't for lavender iced coffee, mm-hmm. I'm, this this beautiful angel may have never graced my path. I, yeah. I thank God every day. And the, the real bonding moment is, you know, that first day I'm brushing my teeth. I come back and I said, now who is playing Ed Sheeran? It was a little bit scary. You're walking back to your room and you hear all you hear is, I'm in love with a sheep. At probably 
eight o'clock in the morning. I'm in love with your bunny. And I said, what? I said, that's a little bit scary. Walk into the room. The call is coming from inside the house. I walk into the room. I'm like, who's playing Ed Sheeran? It's not me. This little lady. It was unfortunately, it was me. Now I will say, to clarify, it was 18 that was playing, which I can't imagine. (laughs) And one thing about me, I have dozens of alarms on my phone and I'd never delete them. So that one that I'd set, it must have been from my youth where when I, in my phase of putting music to alarms, um, <laughs> okay, so, so yes, I it was me. That was so that was so funny. We were both like, who's playing Ed Sheeran? Like this is so and, weird. And oh morning, who would do that? It's like who would literally even think about listening to Ed Sheeran right now? And like we're literally college freshmen. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've you know I've since repented. I'd like to say I've since deleted that alarm. But I have not, so Did it's still it's still lurking somewhere. Um, yeah. So yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So my question: Why did you choose to major in psychology? It's mm, a very good question. Um, I think I really started to get into psychology my junior year of high school because I took a psych class and I thought it was very interesting, and I realized through like child psychiatry and through my own personal mental health journey, I I was like, wow, this would be a great way to help people and help mm-hmm. kids. And I think um, children are very, are often, I feel they're invalidated. Their feelings are invalidated. Like, oh, like they just want attention. And I think that's very unfair and it's very saddening to see in the world. Um, and so I thought, huh, child psychiatry combined my two favorite things. Dealing drugs mm-hmm. and helping children. Oh, Perfect world, if you ask me. It. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's how I got here. Yeah, mine's a little bit similar. I was, like, you know, looking into colleges, like, on track to go to college for veterinary medicine, which, like, you know is, I mean, kind of completely different. You know what I mean? I went from, like, taking the animal doctorate way to taking the people doctorate yeah. way in different ways. And I think like that was kind of a really weird transition because my entire life I wanted to be a vet. And so I was like, uh, like I, I haven't looked into this at all. Like, I don't know what college I'm going to go to. So it kind of was like life changing, you know what I mean? Because my, like, I was like, oh, you know, I was set being a veterinarian. And then when I kind of felt that bit of doubt, I was like, I've never felt this before. So what's going on? And so, like, I really looked into it, and I was like, you know, how am I feeling? Like, you know, and like, you know, kind of pick that up. And I was like, this is kind of what I feel is best for me. And I mean, funny enough, I was like reading this book um, by the author of the book Smile, which a lot of people have read. It's called Guts, and it's like her journey with like mental health, but specifically anxiety in like a graphic novel form which you know I recommend to people I think it's a really great book and there's a scene where she is like she's like talking to a child psychologist and I was like that was the first time that like words have been put to it like yeah that's exactly what I do we had like a guidance counselor in my school and I kind of looked up to her and I was like oh I will I want to do that Mm -hmm. but I like had never put the words to it before that's exactly what I wanted to do So what is the most interesting thing you've learned in psychology recently? Mm. 
Well, I, for one, I love a good unethical experiment. Mm. They're very intriguing. Now, one of my, um, the most interesting is this one called the monster experiment. Um, I believe that's the name. Mm -hmm. So basically there were two groups of like preteens children. Um, One and half of the preteens had a speech impediment. So there was group A and group B. And both groups were mixes of kids with speech impediments and kids without speech impediments. So group A, they go, they're in this class, um, like a speech class, a speech pathology class. And group A's teacher, their teacher is like, you guys are doing great. You're doing so well. Your, your speech is getting so much better. Like being very nice and encouraging. And group B, their teacher was really condescending. Like you guys are, you're doing worse. You're horrible. You're dumb. You're just not, you're, you're doing horrible. Yeah. So at the end of the experiment, group A, they did well. Like a lot of the, um, the children with speech impediments, like they kind of improved and they were doing well. Group B, not only did the children with speech impediments worsen, some of the kids who didn't even have a speech impediment in the first place developed speech impediments, which I thought was crazy. No, there's like that experiment that people, you know, like what science fairs they'll do, they'll take like a bag of rice and they'll cook it and then they'll like, it sounds dumb, but they'll be nice to one bag of rice and they'll say mean things to the other bag of rice and the things that you've said mean things to molds quicker i have not heard that with rice people they do it with flowers like maybe that's what happened the dorm building it's the fire <gasps> we had we had a little fire and mm. everyone's our, okay everyone's one okay our, one of our dorm buildings because somebody burned some rice you know mm. happens to the best of us yeah. but maybe they were just really mean to the rice mm. and it burst up and flames well we, i mean with your experiment with like unethical mm-hmm psychology i think about the stanford prison experiment and though this is not the most interesting thing i've personally learned recently i thought it was interesting but just like how quick the brain goes to like well this is real like Mm -hmm. this is what i deserve yeah or like you know like we had talked about before um how quickly you become your situation sometimes real and i think we're often you know as people like oh no i would i would never do that yeah or i would never like come to that Mm -hmm. but until you're in it you don't know. Yeah. Like, that's what a lot of people say about, like, um, like domestic violence and stuff. They're like, oh, well, I would never stay there. Yeah. I would. Well, you don't know until you're you're in it. And it's much harder, especially yeah. when – and that was the whole point of the experiment is, like, people conforming to labels. And, you know, when someone tells you, you know, you're stupid, you're this, you're that, eventually you're going to start to believe it. Exactly. And, and you also feel like – well, why would I bother trying to be anything else? If that's mm-hmm. what people think I am, then might as well. No. I mean, I think, like, the Stanford Prison Experiment is so interesting because these were smart people. You know, Stanford mm-hmm. isn't an easy school to get into. And I think just the idea of, like, I don't want to say even them, but, like, yeah. these were, like, well-meaning guys. They weren't yeah. mean people. And I think that's, like, so interesting. And obviously, you know, ethical experiments aren't good by any means. I'm not trying to argue that, no. but I think it really taught us a lot. Yeah, no, we definitely, you learn from your mistakes. Exactly. And, you know, that's why you learn, A, you know, if people say they want to leave, we got to let them leave. You know, mm-hmm. we can't we can't keep them in the prison if they don't want to be in the prison. Yeah. But, you know. Well, one of the guys actually went on to be, like, a prison reformer or something like get into like or like a prison psychologist or something along those lines to like help people incarcerated which i thought 
was cool. Uh, but, you know, I shouldn't. I believe it was actually, I can't recall. Um, but I do know it was his assistant that was like, um, this, like, I don't know about this. Like, we're three days in and they're like assaulting each other. And this, like, this doesn't look good. And he was like, eh. And yeah. she was like, no. So yeah. it just proves men can't do anything without women. We talked about that in our class. Like, how would it be different if, like, the the group was different? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if it wasn't like well-educated yeah. white men. Like, I wonder if it would. I don't think the results would be anything like shockingly different. Yeah. Because I think women are also they can also be mean spirited. I think it might be worse if it was. You know what mm. I mean? Because I think there was the rules put in place that they couldn't physically hurt the, the quote, prisoners. Because mm-hmm. in the Stanford Prison Experiment, for those who um, don't know, it was in a Stanford basement. They, like, signed up to be part of this, like, psychological experiment. And some people were told, like, okay, you're prison guards. You're, you know, prisoners. It was set up like a real jail, and it was, like, kind of play these parts. And both, like, kind of became their their surroundings. So those who were, quote, prisoners, like, started to act, you know, as if they were prisoners. If they had done something bad. And if they were bad people, they deserved to be there, you know, in this idea. And then those who were guards, like, began to act, like, as if those people they were, you know, quote, taken care of were actually bad. But I can't remember what I was going to say. Um... About if they'd done different, like, people and the results would be different? Yes. Okay, because those lines were, thank you, because those lines were put in place, they couldn't, like, physically hurt the prisoners. I feel like women would have gotten around that more and would have been more psychologically mm. No, I torturous. agree. I think, I think, um, and it's just the way, you know, society has shaped, um, like, girlhood and the difference between girlhood mm-hmm. and boyhood. Boyhood is all about you being rough mm-hmm. and doing this and doing that, being masculine. Um, and girlhood is more about to like sneakiness, like behind, backhanded compliments and like stuff like that. So I think it would be, I, I would agree that it'd be malicious, but in a completely different way, I, th- I would think. Cause obviously, you know, it's not, you know, there are certain men and women that do this. Like there are men and women serial killers are not too different, but I agree that, that's a really great point. Yeah. That's why I like talking to you about this stuff. Because you always bring up different points. And I'm like, that is so Thank I think back to the original question. Oh. <laughs> the most interesting thing. Oh, yes. I mean, this kind of goes in line. But we were, because t- I'm in like a child development, like cross-cultural class right now. Which is really good. And we were talking about like how, you know, personally, I mean, like a lot of the experiences I have with like child psychology or things like that are like stories those of people who that people have told me i've experienced their books that i've read and i look at all those and they're very western you know western mm-hmm. cultures you know because i we live in a western culture you know what i mean like people i talk to myself like we've experienced one life and i think like it's really interesting to look at other people and child development i can look at it as like reading it's like in some cultures like intelligence or things like that is like highlighted in some cultures it's independence can you live in the woods by yourself for you know a week can you you know do like work like Mm -hmm. a lot of 
cultures you're built on like you know you're part of the family business you make mm. this you do this it's completely different and there's there's no way to be like this child is de- development developmentally behind this child mm. because this child can read and this one can live in the woods for a week alone yeah. it's like completely it's not comparing the same things mm. together and i think that's interesting too to look at and be like uh okay because across cult you know across cultures like as much as all children are the same cultures are so different and the culture that you raise a child in and the child is shaped in like adds so so much to them you know Mm -hmm. you could take a child from a western culture and put them in those and i think they could succeed just as fine but if you had just told somebody to do it it, it'd be different because we're not we're not raised Mm -hmm. in that culture if you weren't majoring in psychology, what do you think your major career would be? Mm. Um, I think, I feel like I would still want to do something ch- child-related. Mm-hmm. So maybe like a, like a preschool teacher Ooh, or like a librarian. Yeah. I used to, when I was a kid, I would play librarian. Mm-hmm. Ooh, maybe I would be like, picture it. A bookstore slash cafe. Ooh, yeah. That would be pretty cool, I think. I think that would be pretty cool. Maybe like a children's librarian. Ooh! Oh my goodness, I could have weekly, like, fun book, like, like reading such. Yeah. Okay, I'm dropping out. I'm dropping out, and I'm going to go make that happen. Well, I do think you still have to go to college to be a librarian, so. I Past your luck. <laughs> I mean, I think... I, I, I mean, I, I would say, like, being a vet, but I think, like, that would just require so much more school, mm. and, like, it's just, like, not what I want to do anymore, so I think, like, if not, like, being a child psychologist, um, a midwife, a mid- yeah. midwifery, <laughs> call the midwife, fetch the, fetch the midwife, the missus is popping out twins, <laughs> They just keep on coming. I mean, I think... <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I agree. I think I think, because you're caring and you're compassionate. And you're pretty. So mm, that's the that midwives need to be. Yeah. I heard the other day this girl in my psych class talking about wanting to be like a prenatal therapist, which is like... Um, oh, like, like helping, like you counsel women during their pregnancy and like help them because you know, obviously, that's a very yeah. stressful t- mm-hmm. time, and so it's all based on that. Which oh. I thought that was interesting. I mean, that would be cool to be like a prenatal and like a postnatal, mm-hmm. yeah, postpartum. That's what I would think as well, but it would extend a little past, and I'd, I'd never heard of that before, but I thought yeah. that was cool. Wow, that is interesting. Because I know, like, just the emotions that go through that. and It's very interesting. Now we have a little bit of a funny one. But in psychology, in psychology, you cannot completely ignore Freud, specifically in child psychology. So, thoughts on Freud? Now I will say. Say what you want about Freud. He did contribute a lot to child He's kind psychology. Of okay. He, unintentionally. He, he kind of used the one that brought up that we should be studying children. Which Whatever. is important. However, 
the way he went about it, I don't know that I like. I don't know that I agree that five year olds are repressing sexual urges. I don't know about that. The five year olds I've met, they're just repressing the urge to throw things and knock things over shelves and bite each other. That's so true. So, but I do agree, and we've talked about this a lot. Mm-hmm. I do, and I think the Oedipus complex and the Electra complex is quite a drastic take on things. But I do agree that. You know, growing up, you see your parents and their romantic relationship or just in general romantic Mm -hmm. adult romantic relationships around you. And you learn from that. You take, oh, I see this. And and that's that you it's what you learn. It's what you know. And you see things and you're like, oh, I I liked I thought that was nice, you know, or I didn't. I that made me feel and I would want to be treated like this, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's just natural observation to me yeah and i think like the idea that all relationships are inherently sexual that's the part where he goes wrong i think the idea of like that kind of like looking up to your your mom or your dad or things like that and being like well i want to get married and they're married so like you know pop the question dad i don't think like that's inherently wrong but i think you know not just because freud's a man but often like um I, I've seen like male psychologists often or can sometimes take that path of like talking about romantic feelings, mm-hmm. taking it towards a sexual direction when like there, I would not say there's any proven. No. And I mean, Ford was also misogynist and I'm pretty sure he was, he was with his cousin. So we don't, he, you know. Well, way to dampen the mood. No, I mean, obviously you're, are you Canadian? That. Sorry. <laughs> she said sorry. I don't want to do this with you in front of everyone on the podcast. To speak ill of Freud because he was, he was, we talked about him in my psych class today. We talked about him in my religion class today. I feel like he's following me and I feel like he is looming. Mm-hmm. So I would be afraid that he would. He would come for me somehow. Yeah. A little secret for the for the fans out there. This is the second time we're recording this <laughs> podcast because Freud, Freud deleted yeah, it. We spoke ill about him earlier. We were talking near the, and he heard and he came up from hell. Is Freud German? I think so. He's a gunag. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. He's a gunag, ladies. He called us by our government names and said, you may not have a voice. And he, he deleted He silenced our women. He did. And he has been. He just can't get enough of silence. He said, you all are jealous of my penis. And did that. <laughs> he just envy. It's real. Well, it's not real, but he thought it was. Womb envy. We've talked about womb I envy. I have womb envy. <laughs> you... <laughs> I love being silent moments. Okay. <laughs> so for a little silly moment, um, what's the funniest moment or memory of each other? You know, there's so many. It's so hard to pick just one, but there's one moment that I've been mulling over recently that recently occurred. So last week, I think, it is, mm-hmm. we watched The Hunger Games together. Now, Miss Princess Pear over here, she had never seen The Hunger Games for the first time. So it was a transcendent experience, and obviously I had to be there with her because – the Hunger Games was my personality in fifth grade, still is. And so she, so for those of you that have lived under a rock um, and don't know, in Cat in the Hunger Games, Katniss Everdeen, she kisses her three little fingers, holds them up to the sky. It's a little, it's a symbol, it's rebellion. It's a little read between the lines <laughs> to the man. <laughs> yes, and so she did that. 
in the movie after Rue died. And it's a very solemn moment. It's so sad, mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Yeah. And this one right here next to me, she turns to me and she goes, West on a revolution. This was, oh my God, it was Catholic. Because it's a, oh, it was from the Young Royals song. And it was, it was so funny. West on a revolution. Like, was dead. And she's like, it, oh my god, it was so funny. I was cackling. I was cackling. I was sitting there going, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about it. The human body. The human body is a miracle. <laughs> well, I said that because she had like a cut and then she was fine afterwards. And I said, The human body is a miracle. <laughs> Everything you said during that, that movie was, was What can I say? Okay, so as we said before, we do have the same name, so that gives us special. You know, a special connection. Yeah, so here, numbers. here we're going to say the same number at the same time. We have not practiced this before. Yeah. And it did not go well the first time we recorded it. So I think, yeah, this is the universe giving us a second chance. Yeah. So hands together. We're thinking of a number between 1 and 20. Okay. What? Wait. Okay. 1, 2, 3, 15. 15. No! On that note. <laughs> Goodbye, Baddies and Maddies. Hope you have a lovely, amazing, incredible evening. Because we will not be. We'll be fighting. <laughs> fist fighting. Because apparently... Fighting for our life. Freud is coming for us. Apparently. So, you know, make sure that you, you know, read. You read deeply. You mm. learn more. Mm. Don't trust Freud. Yeah. Yeah, well, never trust Never trust Freud. Freud. Um. Okay. <laughs> well, I love you guys. Bye-bye now.